Thank you for joining us on It's So Interesting, a podcast about destinations, cultures, adventures, tips and stories about traveling. If you're planning a trip or just want to learn more, tune in. It's so interesting. First of all, we want to thank everyone for listening. As we go through our statistics, we see that more and more people listen to our podcast. And if you are new here, check out our previous episode where you will find a lot of cool stuff such as aperitivo and history of coffee and where it comes from, tips for sleeping on a plane or the volume of a wine bottle and why it is uh, 0.75 liter, what is Alpha Bravo Charlie and why it is important to know it. Tips for seeing northern lights, places to book in advance, and many, many more. Ah, and also you will hear lots of real-life stories that happen to us and might not happen to you because you will be better prepared. So thank you for tapping that listen button and let's go! These days we are busy planning a retreat for our client who is a psychologist and it is going to be a trip for 15 people in Poland to the mountainous region of Tatry. It is challenging to keep everything under control, but it is even more interesting that the retreat is also about being sustainable and sustainable travel has been a popular topic for several years now that we also want to discuss here today. Sustainable travel is a type of tourism that aims to minimize the negative impact on the environment, culture and society, while also providing economic benefits for local communities. It is a way of traveling that promotes responsible and ethical tourism practices in order to preserve natural and cultural resources for future generations. At a certain point, it is difficult to develop the travel industry and keep being sustainable as there are many contradictions but there are a lot of businesses who are trying to improve the situation and more and more people start taking care of nature also while traveling. In general, sustainable travel involves minimizing carbon footprint. It is the first and probably the most popular issue that you heard of. Basically, it means traveling in a way that reduces gas emissions. So instead of using a car, it is beneficiary to use public transport, biking or walking. There is this uh, hike to Morskie Oko in Poland, a lake in the national park in the Tatra mountains near Zakopane. And working there can be challenging for many people. So not to take this opportunity away from visitors, the national park organized transportation. Can you guess what kind of transportation? A sustainable one? They got horse carriages that can take you to the lake instead of going there by bus, as uh, it is a national park after all. Supporting local communities is another aspect of sustainable travel. Staying in locally owned accommodations, eating at small family-owned local restaurants, trying delicacies from the farms and buying locally made souvenirs are the best ways to do so. I remember how cool it was when we were traveling in Montenegro and on the way to Durmitor National Park there were small farms and private houses with small stalls and with people selling their fresh produce and homemade food such as cheese, ham, honey, tomatoes, apricots, and so on. Oh, I love it! Totally reminds me of Grandma's Dacha. It is like a holiday house outside of the city with a garden to grow fresh fruits and vegetables. I would also add respecting local culture and customs to being a sustainable traveler. It promotes responsible tourism practices that benefit both travelers and local communities. 
Indeed, respecting local customs and traditions helps preserve the unique cultural heritage of the destination. When travelers respect local customs, they help maintain cultural authenticity, uh, which in turn attracts uh, more visitors interested in experiencing local culture. This can have positive economic benefits for the community, which can help promote the long-term sustainability of those local businesses. Protecting the environment and promoting animal welfare are the other two main ingredients of sustainable travel. Being mindful of your impact on the environment by reducing waste, conserving water and energy, and supporting environmentally friendly initiatives. It's like refilling your uh, water bottle when possible is not only for saving your money, it is also for reducing waste and the second aspect is more important than the first one. And yes, refraining from activities that exploit animals such as riding elephants, swimming with dolphins in a pool or taking selfies with wild animals is also sustainable. Respect their habitat, lives and rights to stay in the wild. Because the more you go to see the dolphin show, the longer they will be kept away from their lives in free waters. Definitely, sustainable travel is a way of experiencing the world that benefits both travelers and the communities they visit, while also preserving the planet's natural and cultural resources. So it is much better to choose eco-friendly transportation and opt for public transportation, biking or walking instead of renting a car or taking taxis. If you must rent a car, choose a hybrid or electric vehicle. We are trying to walk more while traveling and use electric transport when and where possible, but we still can't refuse to rent a car while traveling. Yeah, last year we wanted to rent an electric car in Italy and realized that in that region the chargers are only in big cities and there are only a few of those. So it is also important to check this because sustainable traveling at this point would turn into a big challenge. There are many ways to be sustainable while traveling and it, it is not mandatory, but if you care about our planet, some small simple steps can help improve the attitude. Support local communities by eating at locally owned restaurants, buying locally made products and supporting local initiatives that promote sustainability. It is much better to have a handmade local souvenir than buying plastic made in China products. Yes, for sure. I always try to bring some useful things as souvenirs that will remind me of those places usually those are handmade like a vase a pillowcase a hair comb a wallet and so on there are so many things and events uh, that impact our environment achievements and lives also in a good way what seemed impossible like 30 50 years ago is a norm these days true like this first commercial airline female pilot, Emily Howell Warner. Back then, it was revolutionary for a woman to become a commercial airline pilot, and nowadays it is a profession available to all women who want to do this job. Emily Howell Warner was hired by Frontier Airlines in 1973, and on April 12th, on that year, she made history as the first woman to pilot a scheduled US airline flight. Warner continued to break barriers in the aviation industry industry and became the first female captain at Frontier Airlines in 1986. She retired from flying in 2003 after a 31-year career. Fascinating. It is an International Women's Day in a week, and although it is more celebrated in Eastern European countries, it is recognized worldwide as a day to celebrate women's rights, gender equality, and so on. 
It is interesting that in most Eastern European countries the real message of this day is misunderstood and instead of celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women, the celebration is actually concentrated on women receiving flowers and doing nothing on this day, meaning the men have to serve on this day to do all the housework. It is an old stereotype and many still live by it. Yeah, and uh, on the contrary to that we would love to concentrate on the achievements of women that had changed or positively impacted the travel industry and more importantly aviation. Amelia Earhart was a pioneer of aviation and the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean in 1932. She also set many other aviation records and was a vocal advocate for women in aviation. She was one of the first aviators to promote commercial air travel wrote best-selling books about her flying experiences and was instrumental in the formation of the 99s, the Organization for Female Pilots. Bessie Coleman was the first African-American woman to earn a pilot's license in 1921. She was the first African-American woman, the first Native American and the first black person to hold a pilot license. She went on to become a renowned stunt pilot and aviation instructor. Her pioneering role was an inspiration to early pilots and to the African-American and Native American communities. Ruth Lowe was one of the first female pilots in the United States and a record-breaking aviator in the early 20th century. She set multiple aviation records, including the women's altitude record. She was a strong advocate for women's participation in aviation. After the United States entered World War I in April 1917, she campaigned unsuccessfully for women to be allowed to fly military aircraft. Stung by her rejection, she wrote an article entitled let women fly in the magazine Air Travel, where she argued that success in aviation should prove a woman's fitness for work in that field. The first computerized airline reservation system was invented by Pat Hagen and her team at American Airlines in the 1950s. This invention revolutionized the way people book flights and made it much easier for travelers to plan their trips. And another invention made by a woman has not only eased life for parents, but made it more convenient for them to travel with kids. The hands-free baby carrier. It was invented by Anne Moore in 1965 because she wanted to be active while staying close to her baby. This invention has made it easier for parents to travel with young children by providing a convenient and compact way to transport infants, especially for hikes. Oh, I always think about those parents and how cool they are carrying their babies around, especially after that walk up to Prakistolen in Norway, when we saw this father carrying a baby up the stairs and trails in the heat. He looked exhausted, his shirt was sweaty, but he was bringing his kid to explore the world with him, and that baby looked so happy. <laughs> yeah, to all of you parents out there traveling with kids, you are doing a fabulous thing for your little ones. 
Yeah, and the last topic for today is the Dubai World Islands, which is a group of artificial islands located off the coast of Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. The islands were created in the shape of a world map and were designed to be a luxurious destination for tourists and investors. We will attach the photo uh, in the Telegram post related to this episode, so you, if you follow the link in the description, you can see how it was supposed to look and how it looks now, or you can simply Google it. It is interesting to talk about it because uh, Dubai has so many projects, so many record-breaking constructions and activities that this project should have also been something exquisite and one of the kind. The Dubai World Islands project was launched in 2003 and involved the creation of 300 small islands, which were built using sand dredged from the seafloor, which was then sprayed into the shapes of the continent using GPS technology. It was originally designed to include 200 islands, but this was later increased to 300. Each island was designed to represent a different country or region of the world, and buyers were given the opportunity to purchase an island and develop it the way they wanted, the way they saw it. Each island was sold for a minimum of $25 million, with some of the islands selling for as much as $50 million. The project was created by the Dubai-based development company Nahil Properties, which is also responsible for other notable projects in Dubai, including the Palm Jumeirah. The Dubai World Islands were launched in 2003 and were almost completed in 2008, just before the global financial crisis crisis hit when the project faced several challenges and setbacks, which impacted the demand for luxury real estate. As a result, many of the islands remain undeveloped to this day. However, some are already turned into the luxury villa and resort places. Despite the challenges, the Dubai World Islands project remains a popular tourist attraction, with visitors able to take boat tours of the island to see the various designs and layouts. The project also symbolizes Dubai's ambition to be a leading destination for luxury tourism and real estate development. And this is fascinating. Despite many negative thoughts and opinions about Dubai, we loved it for its progress, development and aspiration to be a great city and also tourist-friendly destination. And this week we are in Barcelona, and if you're listening to this episode from Wednesday on, then you can go to our Instagram page and follow our journey. Yes, do this as we show many interesting places, hidden gems, cool bars and restaurants, and all the must-tries in Barcelona. And as always, we share useful information and tips. Also, after this trip, we finally, hopefully, will finish our ultimate Barcelona guide that will be available for purchase on our website. And I'm telling you the guide will change it all for you so stay tuned and thank you for listening we are julia and mira from the work stream and if you want to find out more all the links are attached below